Hey everybody, it's Judd. I'm back on the podcast today and we're going to have a lot of fun. But keep in mind, like most conversations I have with BT, it's not really meant for the kiddos. So I don't know, send them downstairs, put on your headphones, something. (laughs) All right, ready? Let's go. We all got 2020'd, but I'm not playing the victim card and I don't want you to either. We're going to finish the year with some practical, actionable episodes to help you get momentum that will take you into a new life now. Don't wait until January. Now is the time to get in the fight. I'm Brian Tome, and this is The Aggressive Life. Welcome to The Aggressive Life. Hey, this is Brian Tome. Got a big question for you. When was the last time you had fun? No, I'm not asking you when you binge watch Netflix. That doesn't count. Going to the gym, that doesn't count. I ask people, hey, what do you do for fun? Well, I work out. No, you do that for narcissism. You don't do that for fun. <laughs> I'm not asking about how many chores have you knocked off or your honeydew list. Those things don't count. I mean, what's the last time You had unproductive joy. The last time you felt light, the last time you forgot about the worries of your life because you were so occupied with something you wanted to do that wasn't actually going to push any project forward in your life. If you're like most people, you might find that question hard to answer. A study by Chase Bank found that 97% of Americans think that having fun is important, but only half Americans report doing it on any sort of regular basis, and the ramifications are obvious. We are more stressed out than ever before. We're we're more worried than ever before. We're less healthy. We're more prone to disease. We've been riddled with more numbing addictions than ever before. Our life expectancy as Americans has actually been on a downward trend the last few years. Out of 220 nations, we're the 43rd for average lifespan. 43rd. Yeah, so much for us having the greatest medical system in all of all of world history. Actually, gosh, you know, we don't want to do political stuff here. I know some of you are going, wait, wait, are you making a, taking a stand on the Affordable Care Act? No, I'm not taking a stand on the Affordable Care Act. This, and this is exactly my whole point. Like, a guy can't even say anything to have people just think about it. We always got to think about what's the political angle. Hey, 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 lighten up. Lighten up. Could everybody just freaking lighten up? Relax your sphincter. Don't release your sphincter. Don't do that. Just relax your sphincter. I saw one happiness study where we ranked beneath Mexico for average state of happiness by the average citizen. So in other words, let's not worry about the immigration people coming from Mexico to us. We ought to be going to Mexico if we actually want to be happy. And why might that be? It's because we as Americans, we've lost the ability to have fun. We leave vacation days on the table. We're always looking for some self-help, self-improvement kind of thing. And some of that's good because I'm I'm the push hard guy. I I like to go out. I like to give it my all. And I like everybody to do that. And and this is actually called the aggressive life, by the way. It's not called the have fun and have play life. But believe it or not, having fun and playing is actually a very aggressive thing. Well, I want us to push hard. I also want us to live lightly. You get one life and you should enjoy it. 
So that's why today we're talking about fun. And I thought, who else could I have fun with? Who who could I have fun with than my good old buddy 512? 512 hasn't been on here for a while. Uh, you might know him as Judd Watkins. He's actually one of the best, most listened to guests on The Aggressive Life, even though he has no name and no accomplishments to his life whatsoever. People just like hearing from 512. How are you, 512? <laughs> well, I'm hurt deeply, I'm hurt deeply. <laughs> but I'm good. This guy's a real turd. So we're gonna... <laughs> yeah, thanks. No, Thank he's you. not I'm a good. turd. Actually, I want to shut off because we do a lot of laughing together, and I, I hate to say, well, some of my laughing, I just like, we like heckling each other and, and giving each other grief. So, I just thought I'd start off just say, no, you you actually are a successful person. Just give us some of your accomplishments just so we know that you're not some person who just sits around watching Comedy Central. Oh, uh, gosh, accomplishments. I don't know. I, I, I own and run a small business. I help create Man Camp. Um, Danger Wheel. Danger Wheel. Tell us about Danger Wheel, well, the so hottest da- thing going. Yeah, Danger Wheel is probably the, the most relevant to this thing yeah, than anything is. else. So urban downtown Cincinnati um, and some some friends of mine got together and we thought, you know, we, we want to do something for the neighborhood that's fun for the sake of being fun and also brings people together. So we said, okay, we're going to use the ethic of playing in our backyard and create a thing that's completely free to attend. You can bring your three-year-old, your grandmother, it doesn't matter who's there, and it's a blast. And we throw grown adults on giant steel tricycles called drift trikes, if you want to Google that. Like, uh, big wheels. Like basically. a big wheel. Yeah, yeah like, a, like a big wheel made of steel for an adult, and we throw them down a hill at, with no brakes, and uh, they, do, they could steer, but it's a drift trike, so if they try to steer, they immediately wreck. So they basically just get hurled down a hill over giant ramps while children and other people throw water balloons at them. It's amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, giant big wheels, water balloons, and alcohol. What could possibly go wrong? We, had, we have had a few uh, injuries. We had uh, The only heart attack we've had was, a, was an attendee, somebody watching that just dropped out because it was hot. But we did have one guy who was in a giant panda bear costume on the trike. He got pushed down the hill. He didn't land on the other side. These ramps are huge. These guys get, I'm not kidding you, 12 feet in the air. Like you twelve feet. Of, one of them is called <laughs> Cape Canaveral. Cape Canaveral. <laughs> well, the, and the big, big one's called Spinal. <laughs> because when you land, you're falling twelve feet in the air onto asphalt on a steel, no suspension big wheel. You know, so you're hitting pretty good. This guy shattered his ankle, and he had a titanium rod shoot out the bottom of his ankle, blood spurting out with his, you know, with his pulse and all this stuff. And he's like, ah, okay. He went to the hospital. He's like, the medics are like, hey, you okay? You know what's going on? He goes, ah. Happens all the time. I was a, he was a paratrooper or something. He, happens he, all the time. he went to the hospital. He got put back together, and he came back to watch. He couldn't participate, but he, he watched the rest of the race and had a few more cold beers. It was great. Yeah, I uh, you normally run those, I think, on, on Saturdays. It's the, and it's the last Saturday in July. We couldn't do it because of the whole COVID situation, but we're doing it in uh, 2021. So, so I, I served. I was a volunteer at the last one, and it was I, I was on the one of the beer booths, and— it was it was just awesome to see people doing nothing except smiling, yep. doing nothing except laughing. Is that why you did this thing? What was the point? Well, yeah, that's totally that. Because other was. cities are looking to replicate this all over the country. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma started. We've got a few that have asked us for kind of lessons learned and stuff like that. Here's the thing about having fun is we all know how to do it as children, and we do forget about as we get older. We kind of lose track of how to do that. There's responsibilities and bills to pay or whatever. Um, and we, I know we're going to get into that more later as, as far as the, you know, 
the rest of that. But no, it's it's absolutely getting together and having fun. But we also wanted the whole plan in your backyard. And what that really means is simple, easy. Everybody can understand it. Everybody can do it. It's not super expensive. It is low production value. We've put some straw bales on the street and we send big wheels down a hill on ramps that I built in my barn. You know what I mean? This is not this is not a Red Bull event. This isn't some kind of you know, Carnival or American Ninja Warrior or whatever else. It's just some friends who got together and said, hey, we like to have fun. Everybody likes to have fun. Let's set the stage for people to have fun. And the guys that ride in it. In everyone doesn't like to have fun, though. Why do you think everyone likes to have fun? Well, I think it's in us to like to have fun. Everyone needs to everyone have fun. Everyone needs to have fun. Yeah, I agree with Yeah, there you go. So have you always been a, a fun guru? Uh, I've definitely always had that leaning, yeah. There was. Uh, so you, yeah. you you never had an awakening on it then? Well, I, I th- I've i definitely had awakenings at different points in my life where even though I kind of lean towards having fun, life gets in the way of that if if you don't – fun's active. Fun's not a passive thing. It doesn't just happen to you. You have to choose it. And so there are times in life where you just get caught up in whatever it is you're doing. I mean, we've talked about, you know, my whole childhood situation growing up or whatever else. There's not a lot of fun there, right? So I could either sit in my house and, you know, contemplate suicide or I can find a way to go have fun. I can choose joy. And it, but it is a choice. People go, man, I wish I was, I wish I was happier. Okay, guess what? (laughs) That's a choice. My fun didn't actually start probably until about 2000. Three. I mean, I had a lot of fun in college, which is why it took me seven years to get through college. <laughs> uh, and that was an undergrad degree, by the way. That was accounting one being taken three times. But then from age, you know, you know, 22 on, 22 to about age 34, let's call it, <clears throat> I, you know, I was like nothing. Like nothing. It was head down, trying to make my mark on the world, trying to build the the church that I started and, you know, endless meetings, endless this, endless that. And I was in one meeting where a guy, a, a guy, it was interesting. We would have this men's meeting at 7 a.m. in the morning. And this guy would actually come into the the breakfast bar from the night before, like straight from the night before party and, and, and to, to there. And, uh, we just got, we knew this guy from, uh, one of the guys did from different ways and, and he would meet, we would see him there. And then, I don't know, after a few times, Hey, you want to join our group? And so he did, he joined our group and his nickname is, um, I call his nickname, his nickname is plays well with others because he just plays well. He's, he's a good player. And, and he said, Hey, I got this idea. How about if we, how about if we take our wives out to Vegas and we rent Harley's and we cruise around all the national forests and stuff like that outside of Vegas. I listened. I thought, you may as well have asked me to go to a strip club because that's about what that sounds like to me. At that point in my life, I thought that is that is so frivolous, unproductive fun. The kind of money I would spend on that. I, I hadn't ridden a motorcycle since I was 22. I sold it the, the first week I was married because I was already running out of money. And I got in the back of that Harley and my wife and I, and after two days, I thought, wow, I haven't thought about my normal life at all. And it started a, it actually started a, a rebirth inside of me for a bunch of things. And that's what, that's what got me into riding motorcycle off-road, which is what got me into camping, which is what got me into overlanding, which is what got me into hunting, which is what got me into fishing, which got me into, I mean, all kinds of stuff like that, because I find it restores me. Most people don't have that story. Why? 
well, most people expect it to just happen. Most they don't have that awakening moment. That which I think yours. I've heard that story before, and that's that's a, a really interesting thing for somebody. You're one of the most driven people I've ever met, and you're an empire builder. And so the way you're wired isn't like fun doesn't count. Fun is frivolous. It's not get, meeting your goals or whatever. Else, but you had that moment of awakening, which switched that gear and put you in that lane. The similar thing was happening to me when I first moved to Cincinnati. Had the opportunity to. Uh, join the family business, and all this responsibility was placed on me at 23. And I was having night sweats, nosebleeds, migraines. I mean, it was my body was reacting to me just trying to grunt through all this stuff that I had no idea what I was doing, learning a million miles an hour until I had a similar awakening. I just didn't have the activity. I had the awareness that I have to ch- make a change, but I didn't have the activity. And I, I think a lot of people, I hope a lot of people have that notion of, gosh, I really need to have some fun. But they, they're kind of lost at, at, the, at the what. Like, what do I do for fun? And we overcomplicate things, and we buy books on how to have fun or whatever it is, you know. I went deep down the rabbit hole on this following that sort of born-again experience, born to play. And one of the guys I, I ran across, and we tried to give him the podcast. He just—he's uh, either dead or he—I he, don't know what's—it he, he, was amazing. His name is Dr. Stuart Brown. He's the head of the National Institute of Play. How about that? The National Institute of Play. And he did a he did a he did a study when he looked at the motives behind people who did mass shootings. And the earliest one, the motives behind the University of Texas Tower shooting in 1966, which at that point was the deadliest mass shooting in American history. And the governor wanted to know what would cause this 25-year-old male and former Marine to murder 17 people and injure 40 more. And he and, and Dr. Brownie pinpointed the reason was he had a lack of play. That was what he found. And then he found on death row and people who are mass murders and everything, he also found something out fascinating, which I think ties into danger wheel. He, you know the one thing that all of those mass murders on death row had in common? Have I told you this before? You know what they had in common? They had an absence of rough play when they were young. And his theory is when you're playing rough and you're wrestling with your buddies or whatever and you get elbowed in the jaw, you feel pain and you go like, oh, that's what it feels like. You build empathy. And these folks, person after person, had not had rough play. And his theory was they hadn't developed the ability to empathize with other people's pain because they hadn't feel, felt pain. Totally, yeah. But pain when we have fun. That's that's the pain we keep talking about, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, Danger Wheel is just fun to watch. Participating in Danger Wheel is dangerous. That's why it's in the name. <laughs> <laughs> so, and yeah, these guys. This guy's breaking his ankle. Other people are getting bruised tailbones, hurt, what, all, hurting all sorts of ways. But they're, I've never seen anybody. I mean, I saw a guy almost get his ear ripped off of his head by Pete Rosen skidding down the asphalt after he pushed a guy. You know, because they push their their riders. His ear's almost off his head. It's hanging on by a flap of skin. He's smiling like a dog. You know, he's happy as can be because <laughs> he's having fun. Yeah. I, the, the other piece about that, having fun at an early age with rough play, that I— You never had rough play. Never, no, no, you never, no, no, How many people have you seen, seen die, dead? A How lot. Many, we, don't have you have? a lot. We, don't, we don't have to hit this every time. But I will say, that, yeah, that, that, that rough play is important. Um, I think conflict resolution also. You know, you get elbowed in the jaw when you're seven— you're going to be in that guy's face. Hey, man, what was that all about? And the stakes are so much lower. 
when you when you learn that. You know, it's not I'm now 17 or 19 or whatever, and there's hormones, and there's stuff, and there's stress in my life and whatever else, and I've never resolved a conflict. So you go from zero or from, hey, man, why'd you do that, to I guess I'm going to climb up in this tower and kill a bunch of people. It's, it's you know, we have to get that out of us. We okay. should pro- let's, let's play uh, – let's play match that scar. Okay. Scar, broken arm, whatever it is, one by one, I'll go first. Okay. Scar above my left eye, Uh running to go throw water balloons, and I fell, and I hit a corner of a coffee table. Scar on my right eye from uh, playing hide-and—well, full contact hide-and-seek with my (laughs) brother—my twin brother. Broken left arm from riding my one-speed Roadmaster bicycle down a grass hill. Ooh, broken right arm multiple times for multiple reasons, but I will reference— wrestling in the front yard of the Pike House in Western Kentucky University, and I had a guy who was about 6'2", 230, and I tried to do a uh, a, mo- a wrestling move to, to flip him over to put him on the ground, and my feet were on wet grass, and I slipped, and my elbow hits the ground, and his body sandwiches my arm, and right next to my ear, my wrist completely fractures. I mean, it sounded like somebody snapped an oak branch right next to my ear. Yeah, your stories are beating mine, but that's okay. We're, we're going to make a point here. Let's keep going. Scar on top of my head after catching crayfish in the creek in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I went down to catch on, ch- check on the, on the crayfish. My buddy up on the hill threw a rock and hit me on top of the head. And he split you open with a yes, rock? Yes. He had a good aim. Yes. Uh, scars on my right arm from Kesseling into a gravel lot, wrecking a tiny motorcycle, sliding about 50 yards. Tell us, what, what's a Kessel Run? A uh, Kessel Run is it's amazing fun. So a Kessel Run is what a bunch of my buddies, we take tiny motorcycles, way too small for adults, at night with no headlamp or no light of any kind. It's like a little dirt bike. And we run, a, we just, at, wherever we are at the time, we usually go out and camp or something like that. We'll just set a course like you do when you're kids. You're like, oh, that tree's the end zone or whatever. It's okay, ride to that post, come back. And we time each other and it's a time trial. We're all riding the same crappy dirt bike. Yeah. We're all, it's midnight for all of us. We might've had a few cold pops, I don't know. But, you know, whatever, it's a good time and, uh, and it's incredibly dangerous, but uh, it's, that's, it's amazing. Okay, let, let's stop right yeah, there. Okay. Here, here's my point. Here's my point. I, I, we could go on. I yeah. got my jacked up finger. I didn't talk about. I've got. I've got. I've got all kinds of stuff. And here, here's the thing. I didn't even have to ask you the circumstances. Mm. All of our circumstances with our scars and pains were play related. All of them were. All of them. And I knew it was going to be the way. In fact, part of maybe why our children are so stressed out and are so medicated and are so overwhelmed is how many kids do you know that ever have a cast on? Right. How many kids have a cast? When's the last kid who had to go to get stitches because he was playing? My, my gosh, today, if a kid got stitches, his mom would lock him down and say, no, you can only stream Netflix with your helmet on or something like that. I, I, think, we're, I think we're crushing the play out of us. We're squeezing the play out of our culture and we're not learning how to play at an early age. So when we get to a later age, we have no comprehension of how to play unless play is binge drinking alcohol and doing something stupid while you're drunk, right. which never recreates you. Getting drunk doesn't recreate you. It, it wears you down. Right. I, I also think as adults, we don't have permission. We don't have permission to play. You know, if you're a young dad, I, I don't care, a middle-aged dad, doesn't matter. You know, you're, whatever you are in your business life or your work life, whatever you are at home, you have all these labels. Never do you have like, that's just the guy having fun. 
That's not a that's not supposed to be part of your identity at all. And if you do do something silly, people are like, "Well, why is that guy acting so silly?" You know? Yes. So. Permission. I have a prescription pad for everyone here, and that is you must find out what is fun. You must find out what is fun for you. And fun, generally, we don't accidentally fall into it unless we have a friend who already thought about it for us when we accidentally fall into it. Fun is something we we, we experiment with, we choose. I mean, you and I have... Uh, have become good friends because we've shared hobbies together, mm -hmm. right? right? Let's go through them. It's uh, motorcycles, mm -hmm. overland with our wives. Mm -hmm. We're do toying around fishing right now. Yeah. Have we done anything else that's, uh, that's kind of hobby-oriented? Oh, gosh. Camping. Camping. I mean, as part of the motorcycling and the overlanding. What What do you have that's, uh, that is counsel for somebody that says, hobby? I don't know how I don't know what a hobby is. I said, I said the same thing. Everybody in my family, I married my wife's family. Everybody plays golf. Everybody. I'm built like an egg. I'm not great at golf. I'm not built for golf. And so they try to include me in golf. I'm high strung. I'm hyper, and I'm egg shaped. That's not a golfer's pedigree, right? And so I'd go out to play, and they're all amazing, and I'm terrible, and that sucks because you hate to be the worst guy out there. So I, I was like, I don't get this hobby thing. What? Okay, they're just going to spend a bunch of money, and then, uh, gosh. You invited me on that bike trip all those years ago that was a complete fluke and a mistake, and I immediately fell in love with it and said, this is what a hobby is. I couldn't have discovered that on my own. You happened to invite me into it, and it changed my life, you know. And the thing about motorcycling or the thing, whatever hobby you're going to do, it has to be something that when you do it, it owns your mind. Yes. Actually, Dr. Stuart Brown, who I still want you on my podcast, Stuart. Why aren't you returning my phone calls or my emails? Are you dead? Where are you, Stuart? People need to hear from the guru. All right. See, I just had fun right there. I just had fun. That, that's kind of my hobby. One of, one, of my, one of my love languages is insult. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm well aware. 5'12 <laughs> well is an insult. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We're not going to tell that story okay, today. No. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, at an old age for him, he learned how to ride a motorcycle because he found that when he took the motorcycle safety course and everything else, when he did it, he couldn't think about anything else. That's a hobby. When you're in it and you lose track of time. It needs to seem unproductive. If you go into something with a goal in mind, okay, no, that's not the – now, we, when we ride motorcycles, we have a goal to make it to a certain point. But that's not the same thing as I'm going to accomplish this thing. So it needs to seem unproductive, and you need to lose yourself, period. Those, and we don't know. You don't know. I mean, and so many people get caught up on the, well, I don't know what to do. Well, then go try that. Maybe it's pottery. Maybe it's – I don't know. For everybody, it could be different. But if you don't try these things, and that's what – you had to pull me into it for me to discover, and that's what I've discovered yep. since then, is you have to try different things. Like you said, we're doing this fly fishing thing. Nobody that knows me would say, that guy should go fly fishing. But I have, and I loved it. Hmm. I wouldn't have thought that of myself. It's a very mellow thing. You're kind of zen and the whole deal. And again, I'm kind of hyper. But I tried it. I'm loving it. I think it's really important to also understand what we're not talking about. We're not talking here about downtime. Okay, I'm, I am a Christian. Actually, I'm kind of a professional Christian, <laughs> as sick as that sounds. I'm a pastor. And it's really great to have times of prayer with God. It's really great to have a personal retreat. That is not what we're talking about today. 
That is not. Those are critical and important, but that is not play. A planning retreat, a spiritual formation retreat, personal time of reflect. that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about something that gets your brain chemistry going in a different direction, that gets you to laugh, to, to laugh, to smile. A number of years ago, a older mentor of mine had a, had a crash in his personal life, and he decided to go and and go up to a cabin in some monastery and just kind of read monk books and, and do a, you know, a prayer retreat, which again is great, is wonderful. But in his state that he went, which was near burnout, that was the wrong decision to make. You don't need to re- be reading monk books when you're at burnout. He tells a story of a buddy coming up to him and, and seeing him and says, man, you look like crap. <laughs> And he took him out, and I can't remember what they did, but the guy just ha- had him starting to have fun. And it, it, it started getting back. What, what is that for? Some guys are like, some people are like, I don't understand the whole thing with guns. I don't understand the whole thing with guns. I, I, don't, I don't get it. People who I know who have guns don't have guns because they really anticipate using them on somebody. That's not why they have guns. There is that there, fantasy. Th- those wackos exist. They those, exist. Those wackos exist. They exist. Uh, do you have any guns? No. Okay, they don't, they, th- those folks exist, and many people who have guns do feel like they want to be prepared, but the vast, vast majority of people have a, say, yeah, I, I, I'm probably not going to use these, but I just like them. <laughs> they like buying them. They like cleaning them. They like shooting them. They like researching them. Most important, no, maybe not most importantly, but also very importantly, they like sharing their love of guns with other guys or people that love guns to discuss. You geek out on all this stuff. I mean— Community is a big part of fun. It's not meant to be done alone while there are things that are fun that you can do alone. So Now, that's a great point you bring up because I don't – I generally don't laugh alone. You know, I don't, you probably do. I but do. I, 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 don't, I, 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 don't, I don't laugh alone. I laugh when I'm with other people. Yeah. And to get that laughter going, I've got to be doing something with other people. That's why we've shared as many laughs as we have. Right. That's exactly right. You need to be in community. It's not you're not not meant to be by yourself having fun. Although, like I said, although you can absolutely have fun by yourself. So someone's got to find a a hobby, but then they got to fund it. So what's what's your opinion on how, how, this? Sounds really good and fine, but you know what? I don't have the money to buy a motorcycle. I don't have the uh, the ability to start a danger wheel. I don't. You know, I'm not going to go. Yada yada. What, 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 what would we say to those folks who think they don't, they can't afford fun? Because to be clear, a hobby does take money. Unless you're going to find leaves on your walk in a state park and press them between, you know, a book. Well, and even then, at what point? I mean, you had to buy some boots, maybe, or you're wearing clothes. At what point do you do you say it hits your budget? I don't know. I'm not a. That's that's what I'm. What I will say unequivocally is, if you pay for a gym membership and you don't budget for fun, you're missing the point. Okay. Look, gyms are great. Health is great. If it's if it's narcissism, sorry, but if you if you're prioritizing one and not the other, you're missing it. Gyms should help us. I go work out so that I can ride better on the next trip, so I can enjoy that more. That is true. That yeah. is what took my working out to the next level. Totally. I had a, I had a yeah. trip to Alaska years and years ago, and I was said, man, I'm gonna have to pick up this bike on the dirt. I need to I need to just get in shape for that. Right. Speaking of Alaska, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're nice and smiling. Five twelve and I—that's uh, that's one of our next big, huge trips—is mm. Alaska. Now, yeah, 
<laughs> now you've come a long way on this. Like you heard me say you, you, you never wanted to go to Alaska and now you do want to go to Alaska. It's a little bit of a Petri dish, an example of why you would do this for fun. So tell people what we're going to do eventually and why you decided to turn the corner. Wow. Um, So you've been talking about Alaska since we've started hanging out, and all I ever heard about was, oh, it rained all the time, and it was like the misery of the thing. But that turns out that's when you do stuff, that's kind of what you talk about. You don't talk about, man, we drove for 10 days. It was nothing but blue skies and rainbows because that's not as interesting. Remember that time where everything went according to plan? Wasn't that great? Wasn't it awesome? No, you don't remember that time. Right. The struggle is better. Anyway, so you've been talking to me for years about this. We've said, hey, we're going to go. I'm like, I don't know. Do I want what is it, 500 miles a day we're going to be driving? That's or, a lot, yeah. It's some kind of crazy, you know, mileage per day. But I really turned the corner when we talked about this idea of, first of all, it was the national park where we can take a float plane in and stay in the cabin. There's a cabin on the edge of this. The only way to get to this place is by float plane or big boat. And then we're going to spend a few days there fishing and living however we can off of that water. And just the challenge and the uniqueness of that experience – immediately turned it around. Like I, I, if, if driving across Canada is 500 miles a day of, of slogging through the rain to get to that, it's but you worth were it. Into the, you, you crossed over even before that idea came up because we're in planning mode right now and that just come in planning mode. But you, you still crossed over up to do Alaska and drive there even before we knew about that flow plan idea. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, well, the idea of doing an extended overlanding trip from the moment we decide to the moment we depart we have the fun of thinking about it, dreaming about it, planning about it, budgeting for it. You know, if a guy says, hey, I can't afford a motorcycle. Okay, yeah, it's it's cold right now. How about how about you plan on having a motorcycle in May? And you just you, – you can research online. You can do all this stuff, and you can, you can budget for it that way and plan for it. Yeah. Just listen to a podcast. One of the podcasts I listen to regularly is – or at least scan them is Art of Manliness. And they had a episode on dirtbagging it. Yeah. How to be a dirtbag. Right. And uh, I guess this is now a complimentary term. It, this doesn't mean like low life or somebody who's literally dirty like Dirt, who is the producer here of the Aggressive Life podcast. Who, who I call him Dirt, and he is literally dirty all the time. He is very dirty. But that's not, that's not what they mean by dirtbagging it. They're talking about people who choose a life of being a ski bum of point-to-point hiking, of people who choose these really unusual lifestyles mm-hmm. where they, they work just long enough mm-hmm. to get their money, to buy their gas or to buy their gear or to buy their food, and they can live on like $1,000 a month. They've learned to live with that. And then when they run out of money, okay, I'm going to go back and they, they maybe do nursing because nursing is a great field where you can always pick up work or whatever it is. And, um, and one of the questions what I thought was really, really good is, they asked this guy, this guy wrote a book on it. Maybe we'll include in the notes of this what the book is because I can't remember what it is right now. It was asked, well, what would you say to people who think this is not responsible, that this is not a responsible life that you're living? And the guy said, there's a difference between being responsible and meeting social expectations. Mm-hmm meeting society's expectations. Some people would say that the amount of money that you and I spend is irresponsible yeah. on whatever we're L- doing. Lots of people say the amount of money I spend is irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> well, he, he is known as 512 because he has a $512 allowance a day as well that he has to spend out on Amazon. Every, it is true. I'm like, is how much have you spent today on Amazon? I'm like, we're not. Today. No, yeah, we are. Yeah. Just today. We're here right now. None. Today. Zero. Oh, you, you, you lie like a rug. So far. 
been a busy morning. Okay, yesterday, how much? How much? How much do you spend yesterday on uh, Amazon? Sixty bucks. All right. Okay. Well, you're behind, so you're you're ready to go buy something now. Well, I'm not telling you. <laughs> the average is still uh, oh, you, pretty. Oh, <laughs> uh, so you already you already know what you're gonna buy later on today. Oh, no, I've already, what, we're not. You said whatever. Okay, That's I know. I don't yeah, want to yeah, go back. Yeah, yeah. But this is a true true statement. Five twelve. Nickname that suits him on, on a number of different levels. But what I'm saying here is, hey, hey, folks who are the progressive life, folks, you have to figure out whether or not you want a life that works or whether a life that other people understand. Let me say it again. You have to figure out whether or not you want a life that works or whether you want a life that other people understand because people understand getting burned out. People understand having a joyless demeanor. People understand working for the weekend and having no fun in between. People understand medication because I'm always low. People understand ulcers. People understand not having friendships. People understand someone not being happy. We even understand now our our lessening, our decreasing life expectancy. Folks, I'm just one guy right away the flag saying, hey, 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 the way we're living doesn't work. It doesn't work work. Every social and medical indicator I see, I think points back to this. So you got to figure out, you want to control your life or not? I'm fortunate right now. The financial piece isn't a concern of mine. All my big expenses are gone. All, I have no more kids on the payroll. Uh, all that stuff. I'm in my prime income earning years, you know? Uh, so money right now isn't, isn't a bother for me, but I'll tell you, had I had this learning, had I had this learning, I knew this learning at 25, I would have been buying smaller houses to have more money, less money mortgage, more money. To, had I understood this at 25. Well, I remember you and I driving through Colorado and somehow we were leaving the airport and we're driving through and there's a bunch of these little ranch homes, really, really modest homes with big RVs out in front. And something clicked in your head because you said, you know what? And it dawned on you that that's what those people were doing. Right. They were choosing that smaller home, more affordable fine, nothing wrong with this home, so that they could afford that motor home or RV or whatever it was in the front so that they could go have fun in those mountains that were right in their back door. And it just dawned on you that why wouldn't you prioritize your money that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. Yeah. They, they have a more expensive mobile home than a house. Now, right. that wouldn't be fun for me being in the mobile home, mobile home, but man, I see those folks. That's that's exactly what I'm trying. Let's get off script, boys and girls. Yep, Let's right. get off script. Let's figure out how to have fun. And fun doesn't have to look the same for everybody. No, I'm you not going to try to talk you into riding a motorcycle or shooting a gun or what. I'm not going. I'm not going to try to talk you into that. I'm just trying to talk you into you. God has wired you to need to laugh and to have fun. Every parent, every parent is incredibly sad when their kid can't have fun in the play box in the sandbox. Parents get concerned about their kids when they study 24-7. And that's the way your God is about you. He wants to see you laughing and smiling in the sandbox. Mm -hmm. He wants to see you on the hike. He wants to see you finger painting. He wants to see whatever you're doing that is your brand of fun because he's wired you and created you to need it. So fun can be expensive, but it also doesn't have to be expensive. Let's talk about cheap ways that you can have fun. I think the, the cheapest way is just, just, just to make a habit of choosing it. I mean, my wife and I will go do something, and she's like, wasn't that so much fun? The first few years of our marriage, I'm like, no, it wasn't fun. What are you talking about? This and that. And she just consistently says, wasn't that so much fun? And I realized that's on me. I'm choosing to not have fun, yeah. and she's choosing to have fun. So, like, living life 
with an with a, a bent towards having fun, it's free. That's a free one. You know, that's a freebie. So also those Kessel runs. That motorcycle, I think we each maybe chipped in 20 bucks to buy a thing off Craigslist. We've ridden the snot out of that thing. And, you know, we broke one thumb, one surgery, and all the years of Kessel runs, no big deal. So that was expensive, but that's one guy. He's got insurance. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, it doesn't have to be super expensive. There's Here, also Here's another yeah. idea just to, <clears throat> just to give you some learning. Go to your local community college or your local trade school or your local whatever. The, the, every city has one. And they've got night classes on anything from drawing how to be a painter, how to be a, how to weld, how to how to whatever. Just look through that 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 magazine, that list, and go, oh, that one looks interesting, and just try that. Maybe, maybe you'll stumble on something that you'll you'll want to do. And if you don't want to do it as your ongoing hobby, you will have had fun trying something. Absolutely. Well, I, I just think about how simple it's been. A lot of times on these bike trips, we'll get to a point in the day where maybe we're taking a break in the afternoon. We got to camp a little early. Whatever it is. We're sitting around, there's five guys, and we have sat on the bank of a creek and picked up pine cones and said, okay, everybody try to hit Peter's helmet with the pine cone. We made up a game. Yes. Made up a game of throwing stuff at things. And we have a blast doing it. And how simple is that? And that's free. So it, it, it's really a choice. That's all there is to it. That's right. There is expensive hobbies that are great and wonderful, but you've just got to figure out what works for you, what enables you to get Detached. Proverbs 17.22 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. A cheerful heart. Dude, I'm never getting cheerful watching the news these days. I'm not even getting cheerful looking at social media feeds, which are supposed to be giving me cheerfulness. We have to figure out how to, how to elevate our heart's game. Otherwise, we're just going to lack all energy. I think our world these days is so into research and scrolls and feeds and, oh, I dig into this or what. It's the, yeah, figure out the thing and do it. Just do something. You might choose 10 things that suck, but on the 11th, hey, you nailed it. And you won't find the 11th without doing the first 10, but you have to do. So, yeah, anyway. All right, 512, lightning round. Are you ready? Ready, man. I mean, this is, the lightning round is you have to talk very quickly and you can't talk much. It's going to be very difficult sure. for you because one of your sure. one of your hobbies is talking like nonstop. So can you can you say a sentence and then stop? Maybe. And I must say too, you are very good on podcasts. You're, you're the least chatty as ever when you get on podcasts. You I, are. I was just. You're what? doing good. You're doing a good job. You're doing good. You're doing wonderful. It's because I'm hyper aware of my over talking. Okay. If we were sitting having a beer, I'll just yak along. It will be. You fine. would. I've, yes. oh, I've never heard I've never. that before. <laughs> Rumor has it. You didn't have a beer when we were driving back from uh, from Colorado, Denver. Yeah. You didn't have a beer while you were in the cab, and you never stopped talking, literally, for two days straight. Never stopped. While we were in the cab of a truck with six other guys, oh, smelly gear God. they had jammed in the back of the— th Oh, it my goodness. It smelled like a thousand locker rooms boiled in the sun for a week. Oh, my know? gosh. Take, take six guys, have them go out for eight days, riding in the sun, no shower, then take all their all their stuff, and they just cram it in the back there. You may have just, like, yeah. sniffed a steer's balls. It was balls. Terrible, It was man. awful. It was bad, real bad. That would be fun. Have you ever sniffed a steer's balls? Not while they were still on him. But you have balls yeah. off. Mm -hmm. They snip them off. You put the rubber band till it dies and it drops off. And you decide to sniff them? I had a guy who had them hanging from his rearview mirror, and I'm like, I got to check this out. Yeah. Not they fake They were kind of balls. fuzzy. No, Real no. legitimate balls. Yes, bull balls. Yeah. 
dangling. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is why we have you on the aggressive life. I'm asking you what I think is a dead end question. And and you and you're you're jamming your face into the pubic hair of of another animal just because surprisingly, surprisingly soft pubic hair. It did have pubic hair though. Yes. Soft. See where Would having... you think bulls had soft pubes? I would think they'd be like I really rigid. Yeah. Why do they need to be soft? Yeah, I don't That's know. That's because God loves us, Brian. Yeah. God loves us with soft pubes. <laughs> that is good. And the great thing about that is I don't I think pubes doesn't even constitute as explicit language. So I think we can leave pubes in oh, unedited. Pubes is great. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I'm not gonna throw anything out there. Right now. I'm filtering. Well, how do we get onto that? Oh, we man. got onto the, I don't you know. Oh, lightning round. Oh, lightning round. lightning round. That's right. Lightning round. Lightning round. Here we go. Here we go. And no dirt. Do not cut that out. You're not cutting any of that out. No. All right. Here we go. Best free fun you've ever had. Kessel runs. Finding ways to save money for fun. Make the choice to do it. It's, it's not a magic finding. It's not a treasure map. You save the damn money. Best fun you've had as a couple? Are we, we're not talking about sex right now? It could be. Oh, sex. <laughs> That's fun. It is fun. How, how, what do you do to keep it fun? Uh, have it. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know. I know. Yeah, but you got to do something. You're doing something to keep it fresh, or are you just doing the same thing you've done for the last 20 years? Well, so I don't have kids, so it's, a, it, it's easier for us to kind of keep things fresh and not just have the same experience every single time. Yeah. Having kids has nothing to do with it. Why do you think it's easier to have kids? Because I don't have kids, and I hear folks that do have kids say, well, it's hard because of this reason. So I'm assuming they're telling me the truth. I don't know. That's not true. Okay. That's not true. I mean, I'm 55. I've got no kids around, and it still takes creative energy to think about it. kitchen time, boom. Don't worry about it with the kids in the house. You're just in the kitchen. okay. That's what I'm saying. I see that. All right. I'm not talking about positions. I'm talking about— All right. All right. (laughs) But even there, kitchen, you grab and go in in the— Bedroom, the you, lock the, no, you lock the door. in the kitchen. You stay in the kitchen. Oh, and you lock the kids in their bedroom. I don't. I don't have kids. This is what I'm talking no, about. I'm saying if you had kids. Oh, you're saying you're, you're in the kitchen and all kind of fun Boom. places. Ha- yeah, it doesn't matter. Boom. You've eaten in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I will not eat in your kitchen now. I will not eat in your kitchen. All right, let's keep going here. Okay. Best fun you've had with family. Yeah, uh, overlanding. With your brother. With my brother, with uh, friends that are like brothers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Best fun with friends. Yeah. Uh, gosh, danger wheel. <laughs> Best fun alone. Oh, man. I'm not much of an alone guy. I'm an identical twin. But you just said that you laugh when you're by yourself. I do. So you got to be do. doing something to have fun by yourself. Okay, this is going to sound super weird, but there are times where I'm driving in the car in traffic. And I think to myself, you know, I'm just doing the resting bitch face thing where you're just like, you know, mean mugging up your, up the highway. Yeah. And I'm like, no. And I smile. I say, I tell myself to smile. And I'm in the car like a lunatic smiling, driving, and my mood lifts, and I feel better. And that's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. That's an intentional decision you make. 100%. And it actually works. Sounds ridiculous. Do you make up songs and sing to yourself I as well? I make up songs all the time, yes. Yeah, you do. I do. it's very annoying, actually. You love it. <laughs> how has fun changed since you've gotten older Uh, it's gotten more expensive and more intentional both things how to find fun in the time of COVID-19 you find fun you what 
I'm just so sick of in the in these uncertain times questions. In you these uncertain I mean? in times, these uncertain, times. <laughs> uncertain times. I am. Can we just strike that from our whole vocabulary? Right. Like I want to strike social distancing. We've never heard of social distancing until now. That's maybe spatial distancing, but we cannot be socially distant. Right. It's going to be that. Well, in these unprecedented times. As if that just gives me a reason to phone in, phone it into right, my life. Right. Unprecedented so, times, so I don't have to think about being fun, happy. Unprecedented times, so I don't have to build into people around me. Unprecedented times, so I don't. Know, hey, let's. We all have a past to be slug, passive slugs. Passive fear, ba- like, oh, all my fears are validated. I'm gonna wallow around in fear. Yeah. No, how about you wallow around in fun? Maybe you're in your house with the only people you're allowed to socially distance with in your small group or whatever it is, that what your family, whoever it is. You can still have yeah, fun. Your, your fears aren't validated. You're in a global pandemic right now, and guess what? Other than Zoom hell, your life isn't really much different. Other than a freaking mask when you have to— you're, Most of us, most there's some of us who are listening right now, you are in a massive, massive difficult way. Your, your industry has been thrown up. Financially, you've been thrown up. That's awful. So sorry for you. But, so, but I know you're with me, all those who are like that. Let's just, let's just crack on everybody who's not like that. Your life is fine. Your life is fine. You're putting food in the table. You still have choices. But to go in this thing of, oh, no, it sucks. I got to be a – I was there for a while. That's where I had my, my minor grade of low depression. Part of it was I was going into a feeling like a victim, and I had things removed from me, and I wasn't have fun, having fun the way I needed to. And I just had to step up and say, no, I don't – it doesn't have to stay this way. I can make a decision. 512, I've got some other stuff we could talk about here with the lightning round, but I think we've covered it. Is there anything else you want to talk about that we haven't talked about? No, I think we're good. I mean, I would highly recommend. Uh, I would highly recommend everybody check out Danger Wheel because it it's it's so pump it. How do yeah. we get there? How do we find out about uh, DangerWheel.com. It's on the internet. There, you can if if you're on Instagram, the hashtag Danger Wheel has like some kind of Ferris wheels in France, and then a million awesome shots of people having the best times of their lives. It's free. You can bring you. It's the only thing I know of that's free. You can bring your kids to it. You can stay for five minutes or five hours, and you and you leave when you're done. It we you know it's it's an amazing way to spend a Saturday. It's yeah. not free to ride a, a danger bike. No, but we have uh, we have uh, we'll probably have this year. We're going to go back down to we might have 128 teams, so that's three people per team. But we have 10,000 people show up. So the most the majority of the folks that are experiencing danger will are experiencing. The as an attendee watching the fun happen. The crazy sons of guns that want to get on those bikes and ride Danger Wheel, they're having a whole different kind of fun, but they're having, an, um, I mean, it's a blast. It is amazing. Amazing. All right. Any place else people can follow up with you or follow you anyway? Uh, Judd Watkins on Instagram. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. 512, it is fantastic being with you as always. The time went fast because you're just fun dude, man. You're fun. And uh, we didn't even hear any stories about people dying I don't know that that's fun. No, it's it, off is, topic. it is for me. It's just like, it is for me just because you bring it up like, oh, out of nowhere. Oh, I saw this guy die once. That's, that's, that, that, that's humorous for me. But we did understand that you've actually smelled testicles on another animal bull, and bull. you enjoyed it. That's good. That's good fun there. <laughs> All right. Hey, this concludes another episode of The Aggressive Life. Get out there, boys and girls. Get out there and try something. Get out there and do something. Don't let the negative Nellies take you down. Don't let the people who don't have a life set the course for what your life should be like. Don't necessarily replicate your parents who might not have had fun. Don't look to other people who don't have lives that cause them to smile as your 
barometer for how you should be going in life. Take control of your life. And to do so, you need to have some fun. God said so. See you next time on The Aggressive Life. Hey, thanks for listening. For more aggressive living, head over to bryantome.com. Get signed up for the mailing list to get regular shots of positive aggression sent straight to your inbox. And while you're there, you can also find articles, podcasts, and books. I'm also active on Instagram. Search Brian Tome. Special thanks to the band judges for the music. Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.